You are listening to the Geeks Radio Internet Radio Network at geeksradio.com, home of Trek Off, the Not Safe for Work Star Trek podcast, Pop Off, where we geek out on comics, movies, and TV shows that are the superstars of geek culture, Podcast Who, the Doctor Who podcast with Phil Stamper, Ninjas vs. You, the official podcast of the Ninjas vs. Trilogy, and Garrett and RJ Go Hollywood, two regular guys trying to make it in Tinseltown. All of this is available for you for free by going to geeksradio.com or searching Geeks Radio on iTunes. Geeks Radio is a presentation of Endlight Entertainment. Warning, the episode you're about to listen to may include plot spoilers and naughty language, so listener discretion is advised. It's time for Trek Off! Benedict Cumberballs! Welcome to Trek Off! My name is Justin. And my name is Alexia. Blah, blah! We are talking about... It's going to be how we start every time people are going to be... They don't even know what episode it is because it's always going to start with... Blah, blah. Okay. And today we're talking <laughs> about um, the original series, season one, part Yay! two, as we uh, continue our journey through. But before we do that, um, I wanted to... I went on a date! Ooh! I went on a date. I had not been on a date for like seven months. Damn, dude. It had been like, actually, maybe less, I don't know if it's seven. Um, The last thing that my wife and I did um, recreationally out of the house was go see the Wolverine in theaters when it opened. That's how long it's been. That was a long time. Um, so we went out and, uh, our good friends, the Mascarellos showed up at our house because their, their kids and our kids play and get along really well. And they showed up at our house and they're like, you guys got to leave. You guys got to go out. <laughs> you guys got to go out on a date. You haven't been out long enough. And I, I freaked out cause I was like, you're going to take care of my kids. My kids are going to set themselves on fire. And, and a wonderful quote, um, uh, 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 Miss Miss Mascarella, hi. Miss Mascot. Said 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 you need you need to take a Xanax. Um, and, <laughs> and and was like you got to go, just go, just leave the house right now. And to reciprocate, when they got back, when we got back, uh, we let them go on a date, which it worked out for all of us. Um, but I saw American Hustle. Have you seen American Hustle? No. Are you familiar that there's a movie with American called American Hustle that's out? Um, no, not really. So it's from the people who did Silver Linings Playbook, and it stars Amy Adams, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, Isn't that who uh, was in Silver Linings Playbooks as well? Or yeah, uh, Bradley Coo- Bradley Cooper, who was also in Silver Linings, um, uh, Jeremy Renner, uh, and Christian Bale. And uh, it's an amazing cast, but it wasn't until I left the theater that I realized that what I just saw was a movie starring uh, Rocket Raccoon, who's the character that Bradley Cooper's playing in Guardians of the Galaxy, Mystique, Lois Lane, Batman, and Hawkeye. Like, serious shit, right? And I was like, why didn't any of these people fight? This would have been amazing. Why were, why were there no mutant powers? Damn it. <laughs> I, was so dis- I thought I was going to see a very different movie. Clearly. <laughs> like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> like, it, was called, I, I, it was called American Hustle. I thought it was about The Flash, but no. About The Flash. It was about the 70s. 
Um, which is why X Men First Class was about the seventies. So come on. So come on. What's and, the problem? <laughs> or about the six. Anyway, um, so we went on a date. Isn't that fun? That is fun. I'm glad you guys got to do that. I know it doesn't happen often. Um, and the other half of my story was uh, tonight. Uh, uh, you and I had a little head bump, like sometimes we do about scheduling, because my uh, one of my kids is um, insisted that I watch a movie with him. And given that we've talked about this movie before, um, we watched uh, Tron Legacy tonight. Cool. Um, and uh, and you know, you and I talked about it a while back about like what we felt and how we felt it ma- you know, matched up to the original and that I had watched the original Tron with him. So I figured as a follow-up to that um, and having finished uh, um, Tron Uprising, the animated series, uh, it's a uh, spoiler alert for uh, Tron Uprising, if anyone hasn't seen it, um, it, got, it got canceled um, oh. after the first season. So whatever space, I'm not going to tell you how it ends, but there was space for it to grow in, because it's a prequel to Tron Legacy, there was a space for it to grow into the beginning of Tron Legacy that it never had the opportunity to, to traverse. Mm-hmm. So so my son was very much like, huh, why is that? But huh, wait, that doesn't make sense. And I, and I had to explain to him, I said, well, unfortunately, this show that we were watching, we'll never find out what was going to happen in between because this show was supposed to bring you up to the beginning of the movie and the characters in the show who also appear in the movie have not covered the distance. So, mm-hmm. so you never really get a sense of, of, of how the show evolves into the movie. But I still recommend the show. It's a great show. But uh, he loved it, man. He thought it, was, he thought it was great. At the end, he called everything his light. Something. <laughs> so he'd go brush his teeth. Like, and so he, he did that like going up the stairs. These are the light stairs. This is my light water. And then he went to turn off his <laughs> lights. And he, goes, he, goes, he goes, this is my light. Light. <laughs> so, That's fucking great. So, like so, so that was uh, my evening. <laughs> That's anyway. Really, did he like it like better or like the same or like? Because I know the big difference between those two movies, you know, is obviously there's a lot of technological differences. But I'm rather partial to the original for you know, sort of obvious reasons. I just I, wonder what it's like for someone who doesn't have that or if he does have that, you know? Um, I am partial to the the second one better than the first one. But I think the reason is, is, like I said when we last talked, I had not seen the first one prior to seeing the second one. So especially having seen Uprising, the world of the second one is the world in which he was not only invested from the first movie, but, but like he had invested, you know, it's a, it's like 13, 40 minute episodes. So he had invested hours and hours and hours of time getting into the world of the second one. So yeah, I think the second one is much more his speed, not because of the effects, which he's strangely unaffected by the difference in effects. Um, Hmm. But uh, like, he doesn't even recognize there's a Frisbee on their backs. He's just like, Oh, the discs in the first one, they had spirals. Like (laughs) that. That's about as, as far as it went. Um, That's cute. I like that. How was how was to to take a, a quote from one of my other favorite podcasts? How was your geek week? What did you do geeky this week? Me, um, sadly, I have I've been rather ill, so I have uh, done a lot of sleeping. <laughs> so what I can't say is I've fulfilled a whole lot of geekiness other than playing some Peggle, but that's about so- it. Yeah, I made the the mistake of discovering Candy Crush a while back, um, 
and I I un I unaddicted pretty quickly, but for uh but for a while, um yeah, I got I got a little a little more into it than maybe I was comfortable with. Um, yeah, I'm I'm afraid of that game because I I know like just regular people or whatever who have like gotten really sucked into it, and like I'm clear that there's some sort of a matching and some sort of a musical element, and those two those two things like are kryptonite. Like they absolutely will get me every time. So I'm it's like, not, you know what? I don't need to get involved. I should just hang out. You know, cool. it's 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 just a a cutesy bejeweled. That's all it really is. Um, well, that's uh, not that exciting. Although it's fun. Uh, we got a... Uh, I'm trying to find uh, this... Yeah, Justin Miner, um, who is a, a fan of our show, um, asked us um, what podcasts we listen to. And I know you don't listen to a few, uh, but um, asked me what podcasts I listen to, and I thought I would answer in addition to our shows. Uh, and uh, our, our show, because really us and Phil says he's going to come back. Right now it's just us right now on Geeks Radio. Um, <laughs> I, uh, what shows do I listen to? Uh, I listen to Smodcast, now playing, JR watches Star Trek for the first co- time, The Delta Quadrant, Fat Man on Batman, Geeks On, uh, Nerdist, I do listen to the Daily Audio Bible, which that shouldn't surprise people now after listening to me for this long. Um, don't judge me. Um, uh, <laughs> And uh, and a new one uh, called the Gamma Quadrant, um, which is gone. It's a it's a it's a podcast that's over. Huh. And I'm I'm just listening to old episodes. They just go episode by episode through Deep Space Nine. Ah. So being that I've caught I, up, being on, that you love Deep Space Nine the mostest, I would, I'm not surprised at that. I I'd be surprised out. if I don't do the original series too. I like these episode by episode. Like eventually, when we totally run out of topics, which is going to be a long time because there's a lot more to cover. Eventually when we run out of topics, I think that we're just going to go episode by episode through the show. Or maybe you you and Mr. A should do that, like for the original series. I would dig that. Yeah, because we like, love the original series. Like, <laughs> like Trek Off, the original series. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yeah, I, anyway. We could totally um, do that. It's cute. Like when we watch it, like, because we watch it frequently, like it's sort of a go-to, especially when I'm not feeling well or I'm like sad or whatever. It's like, I know what you need. And like the wonderful husband that he is, he will turn on Star Trek, the original series, and everything will be better. Um, and like it's just, it's funny because, you know, maybe 30 seconds in, I'll be like really excited because I already know what episode it is. And I'll be like, do you realize? Do you know which episode it is? And he's like, no, babe, I yeah. don't. And I'm like, oh, 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 oh it's so good. <laughs> And then when he realizes that he gets all excited, he's like, oh, is it the bear or what? I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> it's just, it's fun. <laughs> Would you have the bandwidth to do another show? Like, like, do you think you'd do it? I don't I don't know. I mean, I think at this point he's sort of started his new job and stuff, so we'd have to see how that sort of pans out. And maybe. Certainly, listeners, don't pressure her. Certainly, listeners, <laughs> don't, don't send messages to the Trek Stop. on Facebook page. <laughs> I mean, it certainly wouldn't help you get another Trek Off show to send messages to the Facebook page. <laughs> certainly you don't want to send messages to the Facebook page asking for this to happen. Uh, anyway. Anyways. Um, uh, moving on from where we were. We had gotten uh, 13 out of 30 done. We got 40 minutes uh, before we're going to be visited. Okay, so the, I, there's a chance that I might be visited by three ghosts. 
Um, or but at some point tonight, Daniel Ross is showing up at my house. I doubt he'll be on the show, but so, so I'm but not going to. We, shouldn't we have a moment of silence for him though? Long, long time ago, we were supposed to have a moment of silence for the Ross, and we just moment moment ah. of silence for Daniel. Ro oh wait, no. Uh, okay, All right, good. <laughs> moment of silence done. Silence. Nicely but, executed. <laughs> silent but deadly. Um, <laughs> Uh, so moving on from where we were, uh, we are on to uh, why is this on my phone? I don't know. I don't know what this uh, is. an ad came on my phone. Um, <gasps> that is really I, not cool. I hate ads. Why can't I just go to this page that I can otherwise get for free? Um, now another ad's on my phone. What's up, Trek Today? What's up, TrekToday.com? Why can't I get my episode guide without looking at your ads? Like so, what that you took time to put them up? Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. How dare you try to monetize on it? All right, so oops, this is one we've already done. Oh wow, I thought we were further back than we were. So talk amongst yourself. <laughs> go, what is... Alexia. I have to find the right episode on my guide. Go. Five minutes. Oh, go. okay. Five minutes. Go on. On what exactly? Oh, I know. You. Okay, good. I found it. Um, okay. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. Um. Uh. This episode is, oh, it's a good one. Here we go. They all are. Hello. Uh, episode 114, original air date, January 5th, 1967. Story by Oliver Crawford. Teleplay by Oliver Crawford and Espar David. Directed by Robert Gist. The name of the episode is The Galileo 7. An away mission led by Spock falls victim to a disastrous crash on a hostile planet where Spock and McCoy fight over the ineffectuality of his strictly logical approach to the situation. Oh, yeah. Whoa, man. So this, give me your thoughts first, man. This, I mean, this is just such a great episode because I feel like we see how, how exemplary he is, like, as a, as a first officer and the times when we've, you know, sort of seen him have to take, Captain duties on because Kirk is otherwise engaged. Like he fucking handles that shit. So like, there's that part of you, like, of course, because he is so good. He's like they they talk about it all the time, even you know, begrudgingly. Bones, like he's the best first officer in you know all Starfleet. So like, you wonder like, why doesn't he just you know, be captain? Like, why hasn't he sort of done that yet? And it's like glaringly sort of obvious when you watch this episode. Why, like. Because he doesn't, like, he's when he focuses so much on being, you know, Vulcan and logical, like, like that doesn't get people in your, that doesn't get people in your corner. Like, that might get Vulcans in your corner, but, like, people, we're you know, we're fucking emotional creatures. Like, we don't work that way. And, like, when he behaves, you know, just as he is, like, people don't like it. They, you know, like, you're a robot. Like, we can't leave somebody behind. We have to bury this guy. And it's like, at the, you know, on the one hand, you know, I totally see where he's coming from. It's like, are you guys serious? There are these, you know, big, you know, giant motherfuckers out there with, like, throwing spears and shit that could, like, kill you and you're concerned about going out there and burying this guy? Like, I get that it sucks that we can't bury him, but, like, we can't. We need to just leave or whatever. Like, we need to stay in the shuttlecraft safely until Scotty figures out a way to power this thing and we can get the fuck out of here. Like, and meanwhile, dump all the weight we can so we have the best chance of, of leaving as possible. And, like, one of y'all might have to stay behind. Like, it's just, it's you know, it's a fucked up situation that they're in, and, and his being sort of dispassionate about it just sort of bites him in the ass all the way through the episode until the very end when 
he just does something completely and utterly human. Like, and he can't even try and explain that shit away. Like, he bold-facedly is just like, yeah, no, I... It was an act of desperation. There was no hope, and I did it anyway. And then they were all kind of like, all of a sudden, everybody's like, dude, that's awesome. Well, and I mean, like, it's what got them saved, you know? <laughs> well, it's, and it's, look, it's a trick that they play a lot, and I don't mind that they play it as much as they do. They did it with Data all the time, too, which was, you know, and, and, and they make fun of it, actually, in the, uh, in, in the Honest Movie trailer for the new Star Trek, that they just love to make Spock do emotional things. They love doing it. It's the it's the tra- it's the card they always play. Like when Spock and Logical Lightning. It's a great then, card, man. I know it works. No, it works. And and what I like about it, and I've said this about um, specifically about the next gen episode, The Inner Light. Um, they're the kind of shows that you can't find anywhere but Star Trek. And where else could you have a show where you're debating whether or not a purely logical point of view? Is like that. That that's something that could kind of pertain to us as humans, but you're not going to find it. Like you're not going to find like at, at the time. That's not going to be on I Love Lucy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're not going to find that on. <laughs> you know, there's not going to be a discussion about whether or not you could live better through emotion or through logic. I mean, that's that's those are that's underneath everything. And that's those are some deep fucking philosophical questions. Yeah, especially being especially. And when you're, and you're I love that they. Um, all right, here we go. <clears throat> Episode number 115, air date February 2nd, 1967, story by Don M. Mankiewicz, uh, d- directed by Mark Daniels. The name of the episode is Court Martial. Kirk is put on trial oh, for ne- negligence shit. when the computer records contradict his logs about the death of a crew member during a shipboard crisis. This shit is so tense. Because it's so, it's just about his character. Like, the facts are the facts, and unfortunately, they say that he did this thing. You know? And, like, this is when you see how much his crew believes in him. And Spock's level of loyalty. Like, I lo- like I don't know what it is. Like I said, the, for me, the original series is so much about the relationships in a lot of ways between the, you know, the trifecta. And sure. so there's just something that makes me just so giddy and happy inside when they've got Spock on the stand and they're, like, interrogating him. And they're like, so um, the computer says this. He's like, yeah, it does, but it's wrong. And they're like, wait, but, I mean, the computer can't make an error, right? He's like... It cannot, yet there is an error. Like, he's like, like, yeah, you're right, but still it's fucking wrong <laughs> because I know this man and that shit didn't happen. <laughs> like, one, it's awesome. One thing that I like is, uh, is we had just said in the episode before, an episode that could only be done on Star Trek. Well, that's not true for this episode. This episode could be any any show, any ensemble show. Um, there's nothing about it that's absolutely necessary. It has to be space or sci-fi or... Um, and it's one of the strengths, I think, that you know, of all the Star Trek series, but especially the original series since they pioneered it, is that you can have these episodes back to back. You know, Kirk is in an old West town, totally Star Trek. But then you have an episode like this where it's, you know, it's just high drama, high human drama that does, doesn't necessarily have to be in space. And the yeah. fact that they can oscillate between the two, I think, is a strength of the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, in, in terms of court martial episodes, it's so interesting to know that these were produced back to back. The episode we just described, uh, Court Martial, aired 
February 2nd, 1967, but was episode uh, 115, so the, the 15th episode produced. The 16th episode produced that was aired November 17th, 1966, so four months earlier, is also a court-martial episode about loyalty to one's captain. The Menagerie, part mm. one. And we're just going to add it to The Menagerie, part two. Um, first things first, first two-part episode. It's a movie, right? Yeah, essentially. And it's their and way of, of getting to use that pilot footage. <laughs> I know. Like they only had to shoot one episode, but they got two episodes. But they got two episodes out of it, yeah. Um, what I like about this episode is that it makes the pilot canon. And I think that's important. Because without this episode, the pilot's just something that happened. It's something that doesn't exist. It's something that's not part of the Star Trek lore. It's something that you watch sort of... Like the animated series is 100% considered canon. You know what I mean? Like, like they're, the books are kind of apocryphal and you could say that about that first pilot unless this episode occurred and with this episode you have to just call it out and go you know what that pilot it's part of Star Trek you got to deal with it yeah and it and it makes for I mean from a purely you know producer being an actor doing stuff behind the scenes sort of point of view I'm like that shit's fucking brilliant like you know you don't have a lot of money to produce this show you already have footage from a pilot that like isn't bad. It's just not as good. And so, then like, you put then you put the entire the entire episode like in a room, <laughs> like one room yeah, with five people. In one room with like five people, and it's just you know the merit of the actors selling that shit. You know, it's like that's brilliant. That's how you fucking recycle some shit, use some footage, and make an episode cheaply, but still have it be good. Like that's the thing. Like for the, I, a real good example is like, you know, they, they basically have that fucking cop out at like, I think it was the end of season two or three or something on next gen where it's just like, they basically Shades Riker, of gray. Shades yeah, of gray. Riker oh, gets awful. sick or whatever. Awful. And it's like all these fucking clips from previous episodes with like five minutes of terrible. in the fuck. It's just terrible. terrible. And it, way, it's, it, it's cheap. But did you ever watch the Clerks cartoon? No. They have a clip show on the Clerks on the Clerks cartoon on the second episode. Stop it! It's amazing. It's so. <laughs> they go, hey, you remember that time? And they keep That's going funny. back to the same shot. So, but, so, but it's funny, right? Like, yeah, it's, no, no, it's really great. Funny. It's really, really, it's, it, it, <laughs> takes, it takes it to task. Um, but yeah, like I remember feeling like you know. Well, annoying. before we go any further, so let's before we go any further, the, the this episode is the plot because. We, we assume that I, everyone's seen it, right? Everybody knows what this is, right? What the fuck? Turn this off, right? No, don't. Kidding. No, um, don't kidding. No, don't. Um, but uh, basically, Spock uh, finds out that Pike's in trouble. Um, and Well, Pike uh, at this point is basically, he's, you know, like relegated to a, a wheelchair, essentially. That and, and, like, all he can do is, like, basically indicate a yes or no answer with, like, lights on the front of this chair. Like, he's basically, you know, completely sort of vegetative. Because they couldn't get the actor back. I mean, again, they, they, if they had gotten the actor back, it would have been less interesting than what they ended up doing. Like, really? Like, I wasn't aware of that, like, behind-the-scenes situation. Yeah, no, Jeffrey Hunter had no interest, and it, it just was, was like, like they, it, it's just brilliant, the solution they came up with because it actually adds to the episode. But it, it begs this question, right? It, it, the plot of the episode is essentially Spock hijacks the Enterprise to go help out Pike, and then goes gets uh, court-martialed for it, and you have this, this trial for him going, okay, well, is what he did justified? And, and the, 
the wonderful thing that you have is you have Spock, who is the most loyal first officer in the world. He's absolutely yep. loyal to his captain, and he's absolutely loyal to his captain. What happens when those two things come into conflict? And what's great about it is he met, like, I feel like, as a character, he manages to maintain his loyalty to both. Like, he, while he sort of betrays Kirk, like, he doesn't do anything that, like, damages Kirk or the ship or the people on it, right? Like, he doesn't put anyone in danger as a result of his actions to save Pike. So it's like, and he fully accepts all of his response, like, all the thing, like, he takes, he basically goes into it knowing, I will be caught, like, he gives himself up long before he's, like, caught or whatever, yeah. you know? So it's the most honorable way to, like, betray somebody ever, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. as much as you could call it a betrayal, like, because, I mean, obviously he won't tell him what's up, he's like, I had to do this, and he felt like he couldn't come to him and just explain. Um, so, but in the end, I feel like he did the right thing by both people. Like, I don't feel like he truly damaged Kirk in some way or their relationship. I would say that if you're watching the original series um, and you're only allowed to watch five episodes, like if you're like, I love Next Gen, but I don't know if I want to see the original series, what should I watch? I would put this episode as one of the top ones to watch because I think this episode, um, while it's a little sci-fi-ish uh, and it's not going to convert a non-sci-fi fan like the way that, let's say, City on the Edge of Forever would, um, what it is going to do is going to take a Star Trek fan and go here. This is essentially the pilot and the original series. It tells you what you need to know about the characters. It's interesting um, and it's full of just Trek history. And watch this one. So this is like one of my favorites. It's a it's a damn good one. It's a damn good two-parter. It's a good opener if somebody is, you know, yeah, like you said, just sort of not sure about it. Like that's a good one to show them. The next episode aired uh, on, and again, it's the, we're not doing original air date, we're doing production order. Uh, episode 118, uh, uh, which is the 18th episode, um, aired December 29th, 1966, written by Theodore Sturgeon, directed by Robert Sparr. The name of the episode is Shore Leave. The crew takes... <laughs> The crew takes shore leaving on an idyllic planet when people's fantasies begin to come true, deadly as well as benign. Kirk must evade his own demons to solve the mystery. What's the mystery, Alexia? Shall I give it away? Spoiler alert for a show that came out 47 years ago. <laughs> so it turns out um, that this is actually like a pleasure planet of a rather advanced race. Um, where they essentially can, you know, scan your thoughts and, like, make that stuff real for you so that you could, you know, I mean, as long as you're, like, careful or whatever, you know, as long as you know what's going on, it should be all right. Like, and this, you know, what's great about this episode is it's so fun. And then all of a sudden McCoy gets killed. And you're like, what the f fuck just happened like I remember just like losing it like because you're all I mean up until then it's you know it's funny it's quirky he's seeing Alice in Wonderland or the fucking white rabbit and you know Kirk is seeing some you know kid that he went to school with and you know Starfleet with that's kind of a bully and some chick that he's totally like you know got the hots for or whatever named and, everyone Named everyone, right? Like, some random named chick that he, like, you know, had to leave at some point. So he's like, I think I'll hang out. Um, 
And, you know, you've got princesses and knights, but, like, all of a sudden, shit just goes sideways when this knight skewers and kills McCoy. And you're like, no! Like, you're, like, I don't know about anybody else, but, like, my mind, my, 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 like, rejected wholeheartedly was like, no! You do can't, you, no! <laughs> do, do you find that watching old shows, um, that, that, like, I, again, of course I know that McCoy lives, but even if there was another character, I just get this sense that um, they didn't kill off main characters on shows all that often um, in the past. You know that I don't yeah. mind that. I actually kind of like it sometimes. I feel like it adds an air of danger. Um, I think the greatest thing Next Gen ever did was kill off Tasha Yar because for the entire rest of the show, if someone's in danger, you go, oh, they'll never kill them off, but you always in the back of your head go, they killed Tasha. You don't they know. It could happen. It could happen. So, when, so when Picard's kidnapped by the Borg, you're like, oh, they could totally do it. They could totally do it, and you start speculating. What if Riker was captain? What if this happened? Like, like it's like you have to accept that as a fact. But watching old sixty shows, I don't think you, like, I just don't think it happened that often. Although I haven't, granted, I haven't watched a lot of sixties television. Well, that's what I'm saying. I hadn't eaten, like this is pretty much the sixties television I've watched. So like, and for me, it wasn't like I. I think you you think that right, and a lot of the times, you know, it's usually. McCoy saying, you know, bending over random crewmen saying he's dead, Jim. You know what I mean? So I think for me that was what was so shocking about it. Was like, I'm dead, Jim. Yeah, like it was him. And they were like, and you know, it was just like it's over. And I was like, no, y'all better figure this the fuck out. Like I don't care what you got to do. I don't care if we got to make a clone and it's just as good as McCoy was, but you better fucking sci-fi your way out of this shit because this I've, is not fine. Oh, I've, I've been next to you when you thought a beloved main character died. It was it was an intense situation. Alexia doesn't take it very well at all. Thank goodness he only <laughs> stayed dead for three minutes. For three minutes because it's about all I can what handle. A, <laughs> what a fucking cop out, JJ. Come on, man. Do it or don't do it. Shit or get off the pot. Don't do that. No. Three minutes no. was enough. Stop it. No. So Or don't do it. But don't give me super blood. That's fine with me, too. I'm fine it, with super blood. I'm fine with fucking triple blood. I don't give a fuck what it is, but you better not kill not, somebody that I love not, that much. You're not really fine with it, are you? I am fine with it. I'm not fine with him dead. Uh, but and you I, know that know I, couldn't, I know I couldn't go through what I had to go through when Spock died. I couldn't do it again, man. Yeah, I told you, were, you, I can't even watch those two. I have to watch three right after two. I cannot. I remember. I remember. cannot. There's this awesome. one movie. It's one That's movie. awesome. <laughs> See, I can just... Am I on speaker? I can hear myself. Why can I hear no, myself? No, I don't know. Weird. Um, Stop digging, dog. I have an amazing voice. Hello. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hi. Coming up next is Michael Bolton, followed by Aspie. <laughs> <laughs> I love ass pie. Aren't you a fan of ass pie? Everyone no. loves ass pie. Don't know 90, what that is. Ninety-seven point one. No. Okay. So um. <laughs> I used to always listen to that fucking station. Do you listen to the love songs at night? I did. I right, did. So a okay. Long time. So we we all live in Washington D.C. and um and there's a uh a soft rock radio station that you know played poppy soft rock all day, but at night and they still do this. It's all love songs. All and the dedications. Time. And dedication. And I'm, you, you know me, I'm such a romantic. Did you ever call in a dedication or get one called in to you? No. I did, I did for a girl that I was just starting to crush on. You, you know, you're in that phase of relationship where you're just starting to crush on one another. Um, mm -hmm. So we were just starting to, and like I called it in, and like afterwards she was like, what 
Did, no. Like she was not okay with it. She didn't like, like it, was, it. What the fuck is wrong with her, man? I think I think it's it was a little. Right. I think it was a little early. I think it was like like I fall I fall in love. I'm like I love you. <laughs> you, know, you know, here's she's got away by Billy Joel. You know, and she's just probably listening Aww. going because I'm like, hey, you got to hear this. You got to. And Justin says for Julie, here's and yeah. So I ran into Aww. all. I ran into all. I of think that's really sweet though, and I feel like the difference between. I mean, if you guys were both vibing, I don't, I don't get that. Like, as I mean, I feel like a lot of times, was, you know, it was, the it was early in the vibe cycle. Still, you know what? I mean, Mr. I, a told me he loved me way early in the cycle. Like, well, and I, and I told, you know, I told to take my, you back because he was afraid because he was I like, told oh, my wife shit, I, I said that I, too soon. <laughs> yeah, I told my wife I loved her like two days after I met her. Um, yeah, that's uh, about right. Like, I was like the second time. We like hung out after work and like went to like fucking I don't know some all night place like Amphora and like it wasn't like a big profound like I love you. It was like we were laughing was and Billy joking. Joel no, Billy Joel was not there. <laughs> and then and all of a sudden he was just like laughing and he said I love you and I was like huh like I stopped in my tracks. And then he was like I mean you know what I mean like <laughs> olive juice. I love olive ju olive juice. I love juice. olive juice. Olive juice is what I mean. Is that, if only I could have some olive juice. Olive juice. Then he has yeah. to com then he has to commit to it, and he takes you to the store, and he gets like a, a jar full of olives. He starts drinking the juice. <laughs> See, glub glub glub. Of course, he's eating dill pickle chips. What? I know. Fuck? He's a weird bird. I love him so much. But On the other hand, things he eats. Enough, enough people eat dill pickle chips. That, that they, they make them. Yeah, I, so, I don't. So it's not get that it. weird. But and I also for for Christmas I got him um sacharacha popcorn. Well, it's your fault then. You're you're enabling him. You're a weird food enabler. I know. <laughs> I just know how much he loves it. He puts that stupid sacharacha shit on everything. It's ridiculous. Episode one hundred nineteen. Oh, you're gonna love this. <laughs> January 12th, 1967, written by Paul Schneider, directed by Don McDougall, The Squire of Gothos. Oh, you know what's great is this is the same guy who plays the Klingon, as they put it, as they say it, in Trouble with Tribbles. He plays Isn't the it? main Klingon, yeah. Isn't that Koloth? Or, yeah, I think that's Koloth or Kang. It's Kang in the Trouble with Tribbles. Nope. No. Who is it? I don't know what his name is. I can't remember right now, honestly. Hey, can, but can, I know that it's the Squire of Gothos. It's the same Mr. guy. Mr. A, can you look up um, William look it up, Campbell? Look up William Campbell, babe. William Campbell. Just do it. Come on. Please. please. Yes. So while we talk about it, um, uh, essentially Kirk meets Q. I mean, it's really what it is. I mean, kid. yeah, he's or Q's kid. Yeah, he's basically like a little child, but like can do whatever the fuck he wants, essentially. So it's not, so it's not Q's kid. Um Except in one of the books, it's totally Q's kid. Really? Oh yeah, there's a book called Q Squared, and Trelane is Q's kid. That and, is so fitting. I I um, mean that really really works. Um, did you know that uh, Trelane's father's voice is Jimmy Doohan? <gasps> dun dun dun. I did not know that. Really? There you go. Yes. A powerful alien named Trelane abducts crew members for his amusement, but when Kirk refuses to play his games, Trelane puts him on trial and prepares to execute him. Um, I just love it, and I, I like. I wish they had said the word Q, or I wish at some point 
like they like Hugh just dropped the line. A member of my race met one of your Starfleet cat. Like it's just like what? Uh, like I want it to be Q's, and because the books are not real, I want it to be Q's. Like a Q. I so want it much. to be solid and true, and, and I want it to be irrefutable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I want it to be a Q because that like. It seems true. pretty obvious that that's what they did when they created Q as a character. It seems it seems evident that it's completely modeled after this episode. That is, it's an episode that I can watch over and over again, mostly because of Trelane's uh, performance. So how are we doing on William Campbell before we jump to the next yeah. one? What's what's the status Captain on? Coloth. Huh? Captain Coloth. Coloth. Captain Coloth. 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 The reason I know this is today I watched some Deep Space Nine. Um, and, uh, on the episode of Deep Space Nine that I was watching, it had, uh, it was the episode that had Kang, Koloth, and Kor in it, um, where, where, uh, Jadzia has a blood oath to three old Klingons to go All kill right. the albino. Those are the three Klingons from the, the original series, and Koloth oh, is one of them. Oh, Koloth is one of them, okay. Yeah. That's interesting, yeah, so, because he doesn't, like, so the thing is, the guy who plays Trelane has such a very distinctive voice, which is why... I could totally tell it was the same actor, even though he was playing a Klingon. Um, because Klingon. I think it's so funny. Like sometimes they say Klingonee, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Enterprise should be hauled away as, as garbage. garbage. <laughs> um, uh, so, but yeah, it's if you uh, like now that you know that, go watch the uh, the, se- the Deep Space Nine episode. season two episode Blood Oath of Deep Space Nine because the three Klingons are playing the same three Klingons. They're playing That's Kang, cool. Koloth, and Kor, who were the Klingons that always showed up on Next Gen or on original series. That's awesome. I might next, I might do that when I finish it again. Next episode. Original air date J- January nineteenth, nineteen sixty seven. Twentieth episode produced episode one twenty. Uh. Uh, story by Frederick Brown, teleplay by Gene L. Kuhn, a name that there appears a lot, directed by Joseph Pepney. The episode name is Arena. When the Enterprise encroaches on alien space in pursuit of a ship that apparently helped to destroy a Federation outpost, Kirk finds himself the as Gord! a leader. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the Gorn. Um, uh, here's here's the thing. Don't kill the Gorn. It's a test. <laughs> it's a test. It's not a test, though. I think he could have killed the Gorn, and they would have been set free, and the Gorn, the Gorn on the other ship, would have been killed. It wasn't a test, but like it turned into a t- like it wound up essentially speaking volumes about us as a race. Well, I just say it's a test because that's what the honest movie trailer tells me to say about the Gorn is that it's a oh, test. Stop. Um, but it's a <laughs> test, funny. evidently. Um, so uh, th- now I I can't get past it. Stop. I can't. I can't. And the thing is, is that I know people say this is an amazing episode. Don't you see how amazing this episode is? It's but, awesome, dude. And and it's it's also amazingly campy. And and people love it for its campiness too. People love the campiness. People love the drama. And I Listen, can't do both. This is what I'm gonna say because I've watched some of the old Doctor Who, and I love Which, that too. Actually, I can't watch it. Um, but like. This is what I'm talking like the Gorn like he looks fucking fantastic. Like you think about when this was done and like that poor you motherfucker ignore the way he looks, that's true. Stop it. That poor motherfucker cannot see a thing. I'm sure of it like from an actor standpoint and like he can barely fucking move in, in whatever it is they have him in, but like he looks like a big lizard dude. 
I'm sorry. Like, they did not even come close to making aliens look like that in any of the other stuff at that time. Like, and this fucking little TV show, this little Star Trek, they got this guy who looks like a big, scary, toothy lizard dude. Like, dude, whatever. You mean that wasn't makeup? Stop it. Stop. It's fucking yeah, yeah. that. That episode is awesome, and the gore I'm... noises make me so happy in my heart it's, place. It's, and it's tomato. After, it's tomato. Did you ever see, what was it called? Um, Paul? Did you ever see the movie Paul? Yes. And where they go and they with reenact you. the gore? With you. You were, you were with me. No. Uh -uh. Yeah, no, it was, at my, it was for my birthday. You and me and Pete, yeah, we all went out to see uh, Paul. Yes, I don't did. think so because I'm pretty sure I saw Paul like not in the theater. No, I think we all saw. I, I think yeah, I think so. I think you put me in memories where I'm not there because you believe that I should have been, which uh, I think yeah, well, is very sweet. But I don't so, think I was actually there. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, look, there was. I was in this dark, cold, a dark, warm, wet space, and suddenly I was out, and the doctor spanked my butt, and I started crying. Um, and, they, and they cut a piece of my wiener off and you were there I was there and it was, was like weird. we've always been together was friends weird. to the end so weird. I don't know how you were there and full grown and full grown weird. which is weird clearly just, that's I don't weird. understand FaceTime continuum ma'am it's a time and whimey thing it doesn't matter it's all good <laughs> oh don't get me started on that episode catch uh, up on Doctor Who so you and I can lament the, the Christmas special that just came out um, oh, is it bad? It's not good. The 50th was so great. Um, you know. I mean, how could you have expected it to somehow top that, though, dude? I mean, like, you gotta... Yeah, you know, you know what? It's not a matter of topping it, and I can't discuss with you why, because you're behind, because you refuse oh. to watch it. <laughs> I refuse to be... I, I refuse to be in the now, man. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, you got, a, you got a year before it gets into the now. So now you, okay, so here we go. Episode uh, 121, 21st episode, produced, written by Don Inglace. Uh, directed by Gerd Oswald. Sorry, wait a Gerd. minute, wait a minute. I don't think we should gloss past this Gorn thing. I think you really have a lot of splaining to do. <laughs> I, I just think we got a lot of episodes to go. Uh, <laughs> okay, Gorn's great. Love it. My favorite episode. Stop. Um, I'm just saying because it's such a classic. Like, I mean, besides the camp and the fun that is the Gorn and how I totally want to go to wherever it was they filmed that shit and sure. do the Gorn fight um, because that's awesome as far as I'm concerned. They, um, well, they, they go there a lot. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They go they, there a lot. It's a great uh, other planet place. Um, I love its use in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> it's amazing. And what I love about its place in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey is that they're watching that episode of Star Trek in yes. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> and then they end up at that same place it's in funny. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Awesome. It's amazing. Um, but but seriously, like the drama of it, like it's another one of those episodes where you get to see... Um, you sort of it's an eye opener, you know, because you're so on their side when they, you know, you see these 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 aliens have come and killed our people on the outposts, and it's like those fuckers, the fuck they're invading and they're bad and they're evil, and like that's what they think was was what you know the Federation was doing. Like it's just I love how they do that in so many episodes of Trek where they make you consider perspective, um, and I think that that's a valuable lesson to take in life like beyond just watching a television show. You know what I mean? Like like we as people benefit from. Well, and I think that Star Trek does that uh a lot, which is which is good. I mean, it's why it's Star Trek at its best is when it's a, a mirror to society. Yeah. Episode 121, told you who directed it. It original air date was March 30th, 1967. The uh name 
of the episode is the alternative factor. The crew meets two nearly identical men named Lazarus, one from their universe and one from an antimatter universe with the potential to destroy both universes should they come together. Kirk must uh, work with the Lazarus not of his own universe to trap the other, a madman, in a void between the universes with his twin, thus keeping everyone else safe. Go. Me? Go. Um... Like, this is not one of the Star Trek episodes, surprisingly, that, like, gets me, like, giddy and or super happy. Why? Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's the guy who plays Lazarus. I don't know if it's the the fact that it's so heavy on the science, I guess. Like, it's it's a little bit hard to follow at times, I feel like. Like, the first time I think I ever watched this episode, I was a little bit like, wait, what's going on? Like, and I'm not, I'm not stupid. I mean, I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I'm not, like, a dullard either. Like, I'm not, like, you know, obviously an idiot. And, I mean, obviously when I first watched this episode, I was, you know, a child, so that's part of it, you know, I'm sure. Like, I just, it didn't, I, don't, I just never felt like it simplified the science in a way that a lot of the other episodes does. So that there's sort of a lot that you have to grasp before you can really be emotionally involved, if that makes so sense. Dare, dare I say this is your least favorite episode of the of the first season? I'd say that's probably true. Let's see. The next one will not be your least favorite because the next one is one, something they do that I love. <laughs> um, I 22nd, I 22nd episode, episode 122, written by DC Fontana, directed by Michael O'Hurley. Original air date, January 26th. I love how that you should look at these original air dates. It's like March, November, They January. don't make any fucking sense, yeah. They just sort of produced them and then released them whenever. Like, they're like, let's do this one now. I don't get it. <laughs> um, the name of the episode is Tomorrow is Yesterday. Um. When, the, when a black hole sends the Enterprise back in time to the 20th century, an Air Force pilot who spots the UFO is beamed aboard when the Enterprise must destroy his ship and its weapons. Kirk must return the pilot to his own century, yet find a way not to disrupt the timeline before he can try and return to his own era. The first time travel episode. Yep. Not the last. No, definitely not. I mean, once you do that shit, like, you're never going back. Because it's too great. It's too much fun when you time travel. On that I, w I would dare say that if you took all the time travel episodes of all the series, of all five series and the movies, you would have almost an entire series of time travel episodes. You think? At least, really? at least three or four seasons. Oh my, Next Gen did it every week. Every, like, <laughs> every week? It really? just was like, like, here, let's try and travel again. Let's go. That's time travel now. There we go. I mean, it was awfully convenient when you don't have a lot of budget to be in space, <laughs> to like all of a sudden, we're in the 1960s. Look at that. Well, I, but I, but I love it. I love it. I love I it. I do love too. it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And this one I love for a, like one of the things I really love about this one is when it first starts, and they kind of yank this guy um, to save his life, that they're like not gonna take him back. They're not gonna put him back. Like Spock is like, no, dude, you would give away too much and. Frankly, you're not that necessary. Like, because the guy's like, "What about, what about my life? What about me? What about?" And he's like, "You know, Captain, he doesn't really do anything. It's not important." Like, you know, because people have. That's so. So that's always been my Star Trek uh, four question, and also the question from uh, that Max Headroom episode of Next Gen, where Matt Frewer like ends up stuck 
in the 24th century like is like is is it too big like it star trek seems to say if you're from the past and you get caught in the future most of the time you're not that important there is no butterfly effect you're like you are not worlds are not going to to be shattered by your absence um like like i it's it's sort of a it's it it makes you feel small a little bit. Yeah, it does. That's like because I feel like I don't know what I believe when it comes to the whole time travel situation, since you know obviously it's a thing. Um, I'm not sure if I think you know it's such a delicate you know tapestry and balance that anything that's out of place would have this really huge widespread domino effect that would just affect everything. Or if it makes more sense that there's so that there are so many moving pieces, there are, you know, so many of us that like, the you know sort of harsh reality of it is that most of us aren't that critical. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it would change some things for the peoples whose lives we would you know sort of immediately have touched, but like, doesn't have any sort of overarching world-changing, you know, sort of status. And I think that. You know, in a lot of ways, I think that makes more sense. Yeah. You know, than the idea that you know each individual person, considering how fucking many of us there are, is so important that it would completely change everything. Hey, can I tell you a time travel thing? By the way, um, my brother, who's a physicist, uh, has said time travel is absolutely not ever going to be possible. And he got into some math that didn't make sense. He said, but here's something else to consider: everything we ever see about time travel that happens on Earth could never, ever, 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 ever happen. Because we get so stuck thinking that our perception of reality is reality. He said, but you have to keep in mind, Earth is not standing still. So if you could go back three days from now, if you could go, I'm going to time travel back in time three days, guess where you'd end up? In space. Floating in space. Because yeah. Earth, Earth would have moved on. We're not standing still. We're on a planet that's going super fast around the sun. So if we're going to go, I'm going to stay in this spot. And like if I say, I'm in my, I'm in my living room, and I'm going to go back 24 hours. And I would pop, and I would think, oh, I'm going to be in my living room when I pop back into time. But no, the Earth, the entire Earth, is like two Earths away, like 24 hours ago. Huh. Because it's spinning around the sun. But we go, oh, we're standing still. I'm just in my living room. No, you're moving very, 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 very fast through space. Um, so if you traveled in time, you would also have to figure out a way to travel in space. Or else you would just kind of go, where'd the Earth go? It's supposed to be here. And they're like, yeah, it'll be there in two days, man. Huh. Interesting, That's inter huh? That is interesting. And, you know, we actually just watched last night... Um, a movie that both of us were excited to see because we had heard of it before. It's called Upside Down. I don't know if you've heard of this film. Mm -mm. Um, it's I think it was sort of an independent, um, but it's got you know like Kirsten Dunst and um, Tim, Sturgis. Tim Sturgis in it. Uh, Jim Sturgis, sorry. And they basically the concept, and I was I was just, I I wanted the movie to be better than it was, but it, but the concept was that they there's these two planets that that actually revolve around. I, I guess another a sun together, so okay. they have different gravity, and so one is above and one is below, and so like basically you've got a one world of people like who walk on the ceiling, 
and the other world people who work on you know who walk on like the floor or whatever and they their gravity is very specific to their planet so it's like really heady stuff and they throw a lot of it at you in the first like five minutes where you're like this is sort of what I'm talking about like the movie kind of lost me a little bit because of it because I was like hold on wait what like it asks it basically has to give me a big lesson before any of that will make sense and that's kind of how I feel right now after you just told me this whole situation because like time travel like if you if you're breaking through the time barrier at that point like you are traveling through space as well like well, I guess you my, can't I, really go through there is no such thing as just traveling in time if you're there's a space time continuum and that shit's all interconnected you know what i mean and like if you were to go back exactly one year from to the moment like wouldn't the earth be in precise oh look place? guess who showed up Guess who shut up? We said he was going to get here. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, inter like interfering with our he very heady conversation, Mr. Daniel Ross. Say hi, Daniel Ross. Yay! Hi, Ross! We had a, we had a, a moment of silence uh, for you earlier. I don't know if really? we could really call it that. Why? Well, I, well I, we, were gonna, well, we used to do it Don't you remember the back in the day we were doing the, the moment of Ross? He, can't hear, he can't hear you. He can only oh. hear me. Well, fuck that my, shit then. Here, you hear <laughs> I have a feeling I know what she's saying anyway. Um, so, yeah, we used to do this moment of silence uh, for your benefit. Well, thank you. I, I appreciated that. So, <laughs> um, so which uh, clearly this means that we're running later than we intended to go. Um, this is what happens when we talk about the awesomeness that is the original series. Um, so, well, <laughs> I know. He showed up like 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 45 seconds early, which I was just like, yeah, we totally could be fine for for. A long time, because he won't get here until like 10:45, and this is the day he decides to show up. Uh, he's gonna cut my head off with a sword. There get can him. be only one. <laughs> That's his big. Uh, all right, so yeah, visual jokes for you listening. Uh, Ross is uh, is beating me up with it's a foam being, sword. Yes, it's pretty uh, awesome for the record, in case anyone wants to know. <laughs> Well, what I think that this ends up meaning is we're going to have to do a third episode on the first season of the original series, our first three-parter. Oh, shit. Because guess what? The original series, season one, um, and I didn't realize this until I looked at the episode, episode guide today, had 30 episodes. Because it's awesome. Like, like, so we still... Have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine left. We are seven left. Um, wow. So, like, it's amazing when you think that by the time we get to um, Enterprise, uh, we have like 22 episodes. And I think the last two seasons was like 18 a piece. Yeah. Um, that they managed to do 30 in that first year. And just the quality you're saying is like, 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 here are the ones that we've done so far. Um, we have done uh, the cage where no man has gone before, the carbonite maneuver, muds women, the enemy within, the man trap, the naked time, Charlie X, balance of terror, what are little girls made of, dagger of the mind, Mary, the conscience of the king, Galileo seven, court martial, menagerie one, menagerie two, shore leave, the squire of Do Gothos, arena, the alternative factor tomorrow is day. That is just phenomenal. So like you yeah. could go, you could go end the season here, and you're great. But you know what you would miss? Oh. The, Retur the Return of the Archons, A Taste of Armageddon, Space Seed. This Space side of, Seed! This side, which, by the way, that's the other reason that we can't really like do it all tonight, because we'll spend 35 minutes on Space Just Seed. Just on Space Seed, man, because it's so good. This Side of Paradise, The Devil in the Dark, Errand of Mercy, The City on the Edge of Forever. Oh, yeah. 
and uh, and Operation Annihilate. So the two best, what people consider to be the best episodes of the original series, except for maybe The Trouble of Tribbles, are coming in the next, like, seven episodes. So clearly, let's not rush it. Let's give it its due. Yeah, um, man. And we touch on, like, like we got into sci-fi, we got into our geek weeks, we got it, like, like it's been, we hit way more and we, than... And, I, we, and, we stay, and we stayed pretty on task, like, for us. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. Like, we're not that good at that, but we were pretty on task, I would say. Yeah, that's incredible. Well, hey, listen, I've enjoyed this. We're going to see you soon. I'm glad we're doing this on a regular basis. We're not going to make you wait forever like we used to do. We are back. We're in force. This is the original series. This is Trek Off. My name is Justin. And my name is Alexia. Trek off. Trek off, bitches! (laughs) Bye-bye. You are listening to the Geeks Radio Internet Radio Network at geeksradio.com, home of Trek Off, the not-safe-for-work Star Trek podcast, Pop Off, where we geek out on comics, movies, and TV shows that are the superstars of geek culture, Podcast Who, the Doctor Who podcast with Phil Stamper, Ninjas vs. You, the official podcast of the Ninjas vs. Trilogy, and Garrett and RJ Go Hollywood, two regular guys trying to make it in Tinseltown. All of this is available for you for free by going to Geeks radio.com or searching geeks radio on itunes geeks radio is a presentation of endlight entertainment